building essential energy value chains in South Sudan, a further rise in global cost of living, and could global cooking oil prices be tapering off? Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Kushbank has been selected as the mandate for Ezra Group and Jedco in raising of $57 million in capital for the integrated energy value chain project in South Sudan. Ryan O'Grady, Group CEO Kush Holdings, joins us for this episode to talk about essential infrastructure, energy independence in South Sudan. He also tackles investor confidence in the country. Kushbank recently signed a deal to raise $75 million dollars. What does this deal mean for South Sudan's energy value chain? The transaction to raise $75 million uh, is an exciting one for us. It's one of the first major transactions that we've announced this year in, uh, in South Sudan, and it's to develop an integrated energy value chain. So what does that mean? It means that throughout uh, the, the entire process from taking the crude, transporting it down the Nile, pumping it through a refinery and putting it into the power plant, is all part of one integrated process. And uh, it, it means more jobs, it means more energy security, uh, it means more environmental uh, impact in a positive way because we're adding, in addition to, to the oil sector aspect, we're adding 24 megawatts of, of solar energy. So we're greening up uh, the project as well. But for South Sudan, it means more energy independence, which at this time is crucial. You know, you can't develop uh, a country unless you have access to affordable energy. And uh, that's what's needed here. As, as Juba grows and as the country grows, we need more examples like this, where we can take the abundant natural resources that exist in South Sudan, build a value chain around that, so that we can harness the, the value of not just a barrel of oil, but a refined, uh, refined barrel of oil, where you know, the result is a, an exponentially more valuable uh, resource. It creates more jobs, it creates more tax benefits, and it helps the economy to grow much more quickly and in a much more stable way. You've spoken about the energy value chain and building essential infrastructure. How will Kush achieve this? Building essential infrastructure, such as you know energy value chains or agricultural value chains, is what a national bank should be doing. We should be a catalyst for economic growth. We should be a partner to consortiums uh, that come from the community. We should enable the environment to raise capital. And for too long, not enough has been done in this. And I mean, we're a young nation. Uh, we're a nation that's been impacted by economic and, and security issues for several years, but stability is returning. And the right economic indicators are there, the right security indicators are already in place. So now is the time for national indigenous banks like Kush Bank who have 10 years of experience in understanding the local market, who have a depth of operations across the country, to be working to build from the ground up, shovel-ready, investment-ready projects. And that's where our trust and our alignment with the business community, uh, with stakeholders, with government, uh, with the entire development ecosystem comes to play. And then it's incumbent upon us as a national bank to be reaching beyond our borders, and to be putting together strong, uh, affordable financial solutions uh, that enable these projects to move from concept to reality, first with our investment, so that they become a real project, 
that then we can get international partners to work with us on scaling them up to the next level. So we're a catalyst. Uh, we bring it together. We help package it. We help get it going. And then we help scale it up to create, uh, you know, that, that next level of, uh, of impact at a national level here in South Sudan. Mr. Rand, the elephant in the room is insecurity and the risk in South Sudan. How does Kush navigate this? Definitely. I mean, yeah, the, the elephant in the room of, of insecurity and risk. Sure, this is, a, a, you know, an often discussed issue and it, it's, it's an important part of the discussion that happens. But we have to start somewhere. And we've seen the, the parties, you know, in their continued quest for peace. We see at the local level, at the street level, that people are tired of conflict and they're not interested in going back in that direction. Uh, so in terms of what's actually happening in the country versus, you know, some sensational headlines that might be read elsewhere, uh, there is peace here. There, there is growing economic security here. People have a desire to have a good quality job. They have a desire to be able to put food on the table, a roof over the head for their family, and to be able to work and develop. There's incredible national pride and there's a, a resilience amongst the people of South Sudan that is unheard of or unwitnessed by me uh, anywhere else that I've worked in the world. And when I'm looking around and when my team is working, we're seeing projects and opportunities uh, that go beyond uh, the traditional dialogue or, or that exists with regard to this country. And to come here, to be on the ground, to witness what's happening is inspirational. Uh, I don't think it's naive to be saying that, you know, at this point, we see stability. Uh, we see a commitment to peace. This is the youngest country in the world. And as international communities, we also have to be committed to supporting the growth of this young nation showing that we have patience and that we have commitment and that we have staying power. Of course, there will be, be times along the way where we trip, where we fall, but that's part of this process. And, and in the world coming together to commit to create uh, South Sudan uh, and to, to help her grow as a country, these are the times that we should be standing shoulder to shoulder. And uh, too often, I, I think that uh, we, we might step back uh, too quickly when, in fact, we should be stepping forward and stepping up. So as a national bank here and as an international team member of this bank, uh, my focus is consistent in that, uh, you know what, we'll advocate, we'll push, and we'll always work to play a catalyst role. Uh, we'll navigate the issues around economic or, or security issues uh, as best we can. And obviously, we build that into the models uh, that we create in terms of uh, costings and efficiencies and operational uh, realities. And how do we gain investor confidence in South Sudan? Investor confidence, you know, for, for us at Kush Bank, it starts domestically. So let's show an international investor that we have local investors already, you know, being the catalyst uh, in the discussion. How are they coming forward to get the, the, the project started? Uh, what risk capital has been put in on the ground? And uh, what commitments are in place? And uh, when that's your starting point, you're in a much more powerful position uh, and an impactful position uh, to work with uh, outside investors to bring them to the table. So as a national bank, that's, that's our starting point on each of these projects and, and how we like to see ourselves uh, moving forward. That was Ryan O'Grady, Group CEO of Kush Holdings. 
Our quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast, South Sudan's economy is set to register a growth of 2.1% in the financial year 2022-2023 after stagnation in 2021-2022. Chakworth Bichok, chairperson of the Specialized Committee on Finance and Economic Planning, said the economy would grow slightly at a high rate due to slow global economic recovery. He blamed the slow economic growth last year on the drop in oil production in the northern oil fields due to heavy flooding. The high cost of living is being felt across the world, with the latest global survey indicating a further rise in the third quarter before easing off in 2023. According to the Global Inflation Outlook for 2022, by Focus Economics, the cost of living is expected to average 8.5%, the highest rate in four decades before dropping to 3.8% same period next year. By region, inflation is forecast to be highest in Eastern Europe and Latin America at 13% due to disruptions caused by war in Ukraine. Sub-Saharan Africa will record the second highest inflation at 12% on the back of weaker currencies and high global food prices. Food typically makes up a large proportion of the CPI basket. Inflation in the Middle East is expected to touch a high of 4% in the G7 countries and 3% in Asia, except for Japan. The Nigerian National Petroleum Company has signed arguments on the gas pipeline project with the National Office of Hydrocarbons and Mines of Morocco and the ECOWAS Commission. The Nigerian National Petroleum Company Limited, in a statement, said the two countries and ECOWAS executed the MOU agreement on the project in a ceremony held in the Moroccan company. It is a significant step in fulfilling Nigeria's drive towards harnessing Nigeria's abundant gas resources. The Nigeria-Morocco gas pipeline was proposed in December 2016 between the NNPC and the Moroccan National Board of Hydrocarbons and Mines. The Federal Executive Council in Nigeria authorized the country to enter into an agreement with ECOWAS for the construction of the pipeline. Consumers could be relieved further from the high cost of cooking oil in the coming months as a supply of crude palm oil regains momentum. Crude palm price is said to have undergone significant correction globally, in turn occasioning prospects of more robust domestic export demand from the world's top suppliers, Malaysia and Indonesia. The demand prompted investors to open new positions after a sell-off earlier this month that would send prices to an over 14-month low, as revealed by Trading Economics. Malaysian palm oil exports as of this month have risen between 9.3% and 16.2%. The benchmark features for crude palm oil have fallen by about 25.6% from $1,040 per metric ton last month to read $771.7 earlier this month. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at With the Dong.